It's October 28, 2012. I'm Matt Delaney. He's Martin Wagner. Hey. We're the Atheist Experience. Get ready to experience it. That didn't I, quite work. No, well, you needed to, you know, sort of... Punch me all that idea. Halloween party stuff. So, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, this is a live call-in television program. They'll go ahead and put the number up now. Uh, because while we're normally full to the brim of callers, we're actually not today. You could get in. Yeah, you are. Steve could still be screening. People, if you're fast. So also oh, oh, there's another one. Dum, 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 dum. We're yeah. just counting them down. Oh. Anyway, we're live from Austin, Texas. Austin. Where, uh, evidently this week was Austin's Comic Con. Yes, that was a big thing that I missed. I did I not get to go was, either. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not a huge comic guy, but... Well, it was like they had, they had about 50 Star Trek actors there, so I yes. suspect it was a bit more. Well, you only need one. You only need Will Wheaton. Yes. And he was here. So. They, had, they had Patrick Stewart. They had, like, you know, so uh, it was, uh, you know, a bit higher end this year. So, uh, I didn't spend that much time no. on sexy bald Captain Stark. You're missing out, man, I'm telling you. Oh, God. So what's been going on with you? Did you have something you wanted to? Oh, no, no. Raise? Just, uh, yeah, life is good. Um, can no complaints. So happy to be back. Happy to be here. All right. Remember that I was on today. That's a step up for me. Yeah, yeah. That's, that was the funny thing is I showed up and they said, who's on today? And I said, Martin. <laughs> and the only reason I knew that is because I saw you post that you were going to be on. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have, I have realized that it probably behooves me to actually pay attention to the Atheist Experience webpage on occasion just to make sure. So we talked so. about this in the, in the pre-show while we were streaming before we actually went out live to the world mm-hmm. uh, on cable. But I'll mention it again just because it's, it's one of the handful of things on my schedule real quick. This Thursday I'll be at Texas State University in San Marcos for a debate um, on is belief in the Christian God rational? Um, and then in a week and a half or two weeks, wow, I think it's two weeks, the weekend of November 9th, and 10th and stuff. Uh, That's Skepticon. Yeah, it's coming up pretty quick. Yeah, Beth and I will be in Springfield, Missouri for Skepticon, which we're really looking forward to. Um, Then uh, the next thing on my plate after that is a uh, special award dinner thing in December, uh, which I'll talk about when we get a little bit closer to that. To the actual date. Yeah, Yeah. you know. So you ready to take some calls? Oh, sure. Why not? Well, let's let a few of them write I could give you some reasons why not, especially... We have uh, Johanan and Fra- oh, you called last week. Hey, don't hang up on me now. Really? Is uh, that, that the really the way you want to start this call? No, no, I just, I'm just joking. All right. Uh, okay, so this is kind of an addendum to last week. I'm going to try and make it relevant. I'm going to try and bring it down to lay-level terms so everyone can understand on the same page, and I'll try and make it relevant to you Okay. in regards to, say, religion, maybe closer to the end of it. Uh, quick comment. Okay, closer um, to the beginning, because... All right. We don't have a two-hour show this week. Just, okay, just okay. So I argued last time that we're inside of a conscious state, right? 
Right, and I, I, I brought in some extra physics here. I'll bring this, I won't go into the details to bore you or make your eyes glaze over, but there's another one called the Delay Choice Quantum Eraser, which allows experimenters to determine, the choice of the experimenter actually determines the properties of the particle. And so as a result of that, it actually demonstrates there's a mind dependence of the properties out there. Yeah, I don't buy that for now, one second. No, no, I know you don't buy it, and there's good reason not to, because obviously we can't wish the moon away, right? And we can't, we can't uh, say we're going to imagine that there well, are... I don't know that we can't, but I, I don't have any reason to think that we can. Okay, we can't, and the reason we can't, or assuming solipsism is, isn't true, and I don't think anyone here is a solipsist, if it is true that I mean, in, in the limited context of the quantum eraser experiment, the properties of the particles you measure are mind-dependent on the choice of whether or not you pull the, uh, the blinders up in the experiment, and it causes the particles to take on, or the one property or another, a wave, particle, a wave or a particle property, or in the case of the other one, polarizations of photons. But what I was getting at, though, is if we have to rule out solipsism and say that the world is not dependent on our minds, then the only remaining conclusion is that it's dependent on a larger mind. No. Why would that be? Well, the thing is, is otherwise you could then, you know, wish that spoons could bend and wish that you know, the moon would disappear when you look at it and, and so forth, right? We can't do that. We have limited... No, no, no. no, no. It could be dependent on no minds. Well, the thing is, is that the delayed choice quantum eraser experiment demonstrates that the particle's properties are dependent on... Yeah, this is a big, long way of saying, hey, you need a god to be able to collapse the waveform. Not interested, don't care, don't buy it. Okay, um, can I give you some quotes? From no, why would I care about quotes? Well, these are, these are, these are the people who've been studying this. That's so. just an appeal to authority. Why would I care about quotes? Well, I, I'll try to give you the experiment instead. I mean, you, you see the experiment. You well, say, you I, is it an experiment that I can replicate and investigate on my own? I will give you a, um, you can look this up after the show if you want. Um, the experiment that debunked materialism. Look it up online. It's seven minutes long. It's, uh, it's on my channel. It's um, something that, Lay-level accessible stuff, so everyone should be able to understand it. But yeah, lay-level doesn't mean useful or interesting. And, and I, I have a question. I, I don't know what this gets us. I, I'm a little bit behind on things here. So are you yeah. sort of again? Are, are we doing kind of the uh, you know brain out of hat kind of argument here? This matrix apologetics thing, where it's all yes, but I'm not arguing for this on philosophic grounds. I'm arguing for it on scientific grounds. I'm saying that because um, Martin may not have watched the last show, but uh, there was an experiment done in. 2007 by Anton Zellinger from uh, Vienna, and he demonstrated that particles do not actually exist before we don't before we look at them. Well, and, and then were he, was his were his experiments followed up on by incredibly stupid? What were by other uh, scientists? Yep. Were there? I mean, has is, is this in the literature right now? I mean, yeah, it is. Uh, Physics World. There's a couple of them on this. You can look this up in there's a popular level one in Seed Magazine called the Reality Test, and then in Physics World there's another one that's uh, some it was Mar March or April 2007, which was uh, quantum physics says goodbye to reality. Okay, so let's say that everything that exists is actually, we're, we're all just figments of God's imagination then. So okay. if, if that is the only, if, if we're all products of that mind, then that still sort of uh, implies that there is some kind of material reality or reality in which that mind exists so that it can exist in order to imagine our reality. So then what would the property of that reality be? And what's even the point? I, so, well, let's actually, say I, I don't really... This, this just seems to get us back to the same kind of problems that mainstream Christian apologists uh, are, find themselves in when they start talking about this God who presumably exists outside of time and space and who is the necessary creator of 
this universe, you know, they're, and, and then they have to deal with all of the problems of infinite regress that, that okay. their position is implying. So. I have some, I've actually thought about this, put some thought into this, and uh, a couple answers, this, this actually showed up in a different ring. I had some talk about the simulation hypothesis, which is kind of gets to the same kind of thing, you know, if maybe we're in a conscious state in God's mind, well, is, is God a, a material brain in some other reality or something, right? That's kind of what you're getting at, which is a, a variation of the, the simulation or even of a, a computer, a material computer in a larger reality. The trouble with this is, and I'll explain what, okay, so there is something called qubits. These are quantum bits, used for quantum computers. Qubits have more than one state in the same bit. So, for example, a classical, you open up your hard drive or Maybe your brain blitz. Can, can you, but you open up your can hard you, drive. Can you just stop with all, all right. the explanations and get to why get I to give punch. a rat's ass point. about hypothetical physics stuff? Because yeah, this all sounds right, like it's a hypo- terrific, uh, you know, premise for you know a science fiction book or anything. But I, I don't see any way that we can confirm it. I don't see that how it's useful as anything other than a speculation that you can. Okay. How can we confirm it? And. Well, what the hell does it mean? And I'll give yeah. you all the, I mean, the thing is, is I, I did to confirm it, and we, we have confirmed the physics for all this. I have to get into all those weird things, and that then, you know, you, you get bored with the explanation. So I'm going to cut to the chase. I'm going to say that if God's mind is in some material reality, then, or say for that matter, a, a, a computer hard drive, that computer hard drive would have to necessarily be exponentially larger than the size of the known universe because of the amount of information storage it would require. Yeah, it, it, couldn't, it, had to be, it had to be qubits at the next level down, or else the, the hard drive would be so vast that it would make no sense to, you know, literally like something, I'm saying something like literally trillions of times the size of our universe. Well, would it have to be? Because uh, after all, it could be a hard drive that is not quite that vast, and our perception of how vast the universe is, it could simply be an illusion programmed into our non-existent... Well, what um, I'm going to argue is by... Why, so, why would I give a rat? See, I, 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 okay, I'm going to give, I'm gonna give the math argument. I get the math objection here. All right, you, wanna, you probably want to focus more on a religious deity, don't you, Matt? No, no, no I no, no, want no. to know what's actually true and not just a big, long list of things that people are speculating about to fill in the gaps in our knowledge in a way that doesn't actually add anything that is meaningful. Because well, at the end at, of the day, whether we are real or not doesn't matter one bit. Okay, well, there's something called the Quantum Randy Challenge. There's uh, something called the Disconnect that. Button. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Okay, so when you say when you want to say that something's relevant here, what what, what exactly are you? Because I mean, all all this stuff is experimentally confirmed. Like you can look this up in. in I, I have looked up some of this stuff since we last spoke. All right. And, in fact, you are overstating the case when you say that all of this stuff is experimentally confirmed. There is not scientific consensus on the implications of this, and I find it patently absurd that people are taking mathematical equations and modeling different varieties of possible universes and quantum states and then coming to some conclusion that we are, therefore, just information in some god's mind. I think that's playing with math. Well, these were these were experiments, though. I don't give a damn. What difference? But I mean, saying it's not just math. This was actually you, they had a test. You can do said, as many experiments as you want, but there is no variable for God. There is no variable for hey, 
This is God. How do we plug that into an equation? This is philosophical conjecturing based on quantum physics. Hmm, because that wasn't the conclusions I wanted to regard to. Well, well yeah, I just, I'm just saying, I mean, not, not to say that maybe, maybe you got to look at this over again and, you know, come to your own conclusions, but this was, this was not me, some, you know, random so, person falling on the I'm not saying thing. it was just you. Didn't I just tell you I went and looked yeah, at stuff I know, up? I know. Here's my question, the same question I asked last week, and we're either, you're either going to answer this or we're done. Okay. And that is, assuming what you say is true and that we are really not real, what difference does that make to any of us? Okay. What can we learn what from that? What is it? What, how can we get... Life? Well, go ahead. Okay, so what difference does it make to you? Like, you know, we're real or we're not real... Okay, the interesting thing, and this comes from, you can look at Stuart Hameroff on this, this, this metaphysics opens up a possibility for an afterlife. Don't care. And this is, yeah, don't care. Yeah, that, still, that would be relevant to this is all still, You're still talking about possibilities. This is everything. all speculation. This is all, I mean, again, it's, I, I, I saw, you should write a science fiction novel, but I don't say, because it would probably be a really good and interesting one, but I don't see any application to our understanding of reality. It's pure and, speculation. And, well, the thing is, if, if you say it's speculation, and this, some people have complained about this before, there's a guy named Sasha Vonger who has the Quantum Randy Challenge up. It's on archive. And he says that basically anyone who is able to prove realism in quantum mechanics... No, stop. That's shifting, the bur- that's shifting the burden of proof. That's, 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 like, that's like the creationists that ask people to prove evolution, and then they set up the criteria by which right. it would be possible to do so. I'm not okay. here to play games I don't give a rat's all right. ass about. All right, I won't play that game. I won't play that game. Um, what you I will already ask, did. Though, all right, all right. Okay, I'll, let, me, let me defend myself here. you got 30 seconds. All right, when you ask for theists to prove God, they need to provide the burden of proof. Yes. But the thing is, I'm asking you to prove the existence of matter. Hey, dumbass. Dumbass. Call a physics show, not an atheist show. I don't have to prove matter. You you do, otherwise you you, you need the Nobel Prize. Uh, No, actually, I don't have to prove matter. I don't have to prove matter to you. I'm not a physicist. It's falsified. Where you bear the burden of proof is in this cosmic computer slash mind slash God well, that well, your kind has to, imagined us into existence I, yeah. when we you, don't actually exist. Call someone who cares. This is an atheist show. It's not right. a physics Should show. Should I bring religion into this? No, we're not going to bring anything yeah, into yeah, this. Why, I just said call somebody relevant? who cares. All right. I do, I, the, the, these mind-numbing mental exercises, these masturbatory quantum physics things about possibilities and reality uh i don't care i i sorry i just really 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 don't care well we have to live our lives either way right so yeah know, that's and and my uh i think so if, if we're all just sims right i mean it seems like the world could probably be a better place than i mean unless you just, unless you can not only demonstrate true. that it's actually true and mm-hmm. provide some way to do something about like some way to make predictions from that some some way to make this useful then it doesn't matter to me it doesn't matter to me if you if you if you claim i'm in the matrix all day long and you've got some math to show that i'm in the matrix that doesn't matter to me until you can show me the way out because I'm stuck here dealing with reality on reality's terms, even if you say that reality is not reality. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I just, yeah, it doesn't really offer any utility in how we live our lives, better or worse. 
So, John in Miami, thanks for waiting through that. Wow. Uh, tell uh, him uh, Ilya Kirliakin says use RAID technology, and he could store all that hard drive stuff, okay? <laughs> okay. I just wanted to help him out. So, I, you know, I just called in off of Yahoo, and I, uh, you know, I'm not an atheist, but I had a couple of questions. I don't know if that would, you guys are the ones that ask. We're here. You so know, this is not I'm physics. just curious about, is, is it just no God at all? It doesn't matter if it's a, a Zeus or an Apollo or something like that, or is it just, or it could be other things, why, they, why a person is an atheist? Well, the only thing that we can do as atheists is respond to the claims that we get from theists. So if theists tell me a God, a God exists, and then they, you know, we say, okay, well, what do you mean by God? And then we listen to the arguments that they give us, and then we evaluate them and decide whether or not we agree with them. Now, uh, most people, I think, have, uh, you know, with conventional religious beliefs, have this idea of God as some sort of supernatural deity, kind of a superman, a father figure, someone who watches over us and judges our actions and takes care of us, etc., etc. Um, and in, in cases like that, you know, we don't believe because we don't consider the evidence to be compelling. Now, you can take another example. Uh, let's say I meet a guy who is a sun worshiper. You know, he worships the sun. The sun to him is his god. Well, I can look up in the sky on a clear day and I can see his god up there. So in that regard, I say, all right, your god exists. Now, I might not agree with you. I don't necessarily agree that that god is a god. I don't think it, it's divine. I don't think it has any powers. And he may even say, you know, yes, I, it doesn't have any divine powers, but I love the sun. I love it so much that I've decided to make it my god and worship it. Was, so I don't see any use in that. So it all depends on the uh, definitions of gods that we get from believers. But my experience has been that I haven't heard one that has been backed up by the kind of evidence that I would consider persuasive, and so that's why I'm a non-believer. That's why I'm an atheist. And yeah, a lot they, of atheists might tell you something very similar. They, they fit in a couple different categories. One are, you know, the the various supernatural gods that people offer up as this is what God is, and I don't believe in, in any of those, and I don't see any reason to believe in any of those. And the other one is what Martin's talking about, where something that clearly exists is labeled with the God label, uh, and I don't see the justif justification of doing that. You can certainly do that all day long. You can say this coffee cup is God, the sun is God, everything is God, whatever. Um, I just don't see the justification for that. So it's not in that case that I don't believe that it exists. It's that I don't believe there's any good reason to change the label for what you're talking about. Yeah, like a, you know, New Ager is all about you know the universe. Yeah. That's their you know their word for God. So there's but no compelling information that makes you, allow you to say, okay, this is a legit storyline or this is a legit god it's just yeah you, no one's proved that to you yet so it doesn't really mean that uh you totally don't believe in god you just haven't found someone to say okay this is uh this no is i i totally don't believe in god but what it, oh, doesn't, okay, what, okay. What, what it doesn't mean is that i'm claiming that there are absolutely no gods and that the gods are all absolutely impossible i'm not that's not the, okay no no i just care that's why i was curious about it because sure. i really just started um getting yeah. some but, yeah, ours so is not a, ours is not a position of absolute certainty. It's it's ju it's a position of disbelief. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So in other words, like if if you're in the Gulf of Mexico and you saw the uh, sea pot, <laughs> then that would be something you would believe with your own eyes. If you saw it, I'm not saying if the Bible told you about it, but if you saw it yourself, then that would say, well, hmm, how did this pot? Did it do it this way? Did it do it that way? Was it a god? 
would you believe it was a god, or would you believe it was just uh, uh, earthly well, occurrence? Well, that depends on the circumstances, doesn't it? Yeah, we'd have to we'd have to get kind of specific about it. But I'd have to say it right off the bat that no, I would not believe that it was a god until it was demonstrated that that a god caused this. The fact of the matter is, if I'm standing there and I witness what I what seems to be a sea parting. Okay, I've witnessed yeah, an event, and now yeah. I need to actually do some investigation to determine what the cause is. And there's no justification for claiming that a god's responsible until we actually have evidence that a god's responsible. If we, it could be our, our inability to come up with an explanation doesn't mean that we ha- we're justified in saying a god did it. Yeah. Oh, wait, you know, I just thought of something. As you said that, there's a story of the handwriting on the wall in the Bible in Daniel. Mm-hmm. So uh, the king saw, like, just the hand with the finger writing something on the wall, and just the back, he, he saw the back of the hand. There was no body. It was just the hand. Mm-hmm. So if you saw a hand move the sea apart, now, I'm not, and I'm not saying, I'm not doing no, this know, to be silly. I'm, I mean, just, I'm just asking. I just no. thought of that right as you said that. So I'm yeah. saying, okay, maybe... Like one hand with no body, it's huge that moves it. Yeah, we, know, we know what you're saying. On the we, get, we've, uh, we've, we get this kind of question a lot. Um, okay. I remember that we had, uh, you know, back when many, many years ago when Ashley and I were hosting, we had a guy call up and ask, um, you know, a lot of questions along the same lines. It's like, what if you're sitting there in the studio right now and all along the back wall of the studio, this enormous, like, image of a cross suddenly materialized on, giving us all of these hypothetical scenarios, right? I'm like, look, you know, I would, I'm certainly, you know, willing to uh, accept that I've, you know, that I could be witnessing unusual phenomena at any given time, and then that would that would appear to violate all sorts of laws, and it would cause me to question, you know, how reality worked or whatever, or maybe if there's some sort of higher power that's doing stuff, etc., etc., etc. But from a practical standpoint, stuff like this doesn't happen. Okay, it doesn't. You know, it, it just it doesn't. Well, for example, like you, you know, 9/11, right? Uh, if, uh, if, if, if on 9-11 an enormous disembodied hand had materialized in the sky and snatched that plane out of the air and set it gently down on the ground and went, no, no, you don't, okay, that would have been, that would have been really impressive, right? That would have been, you know, yeah, that would have like, but you see what I'm saying? If these kinds of, you know, so what I'm saying, you, you can ask us all that's about, interesting. What you, I like that, that's yeah, very you know, but what kind of, you know, all these different, you know, spe- hypothetical, miraculous events. If well, we it wasn't really, I, like, again, I'm basing yeah. it on a Christian belief system, sure. it's a story yeah. in the Bible. I know, and, I know, but I'm just uh, saying, you know, quote if, unquote, witnessed it. You, so you can ask, what I, the, the point I'm simply trying yeah. to make is you, you can ask us all day long, you know, how we would react if we witnessed this, that, or the other thing, but, I, and like I said, until we do, the point is that those things don't really occur to us in our, you know, it's, in our it's, so, so it's so also, atheists don't believe in ghosts or aliens no. or anything yeah, like that. Well, no, and I it's, need, and the, no, and the, the simple thing, I think it's Arthur C. Clarke that pointed out that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. So this idea that something happens that is outside the realm of experience, even Martin's example of a hand seemingly picking up a plane and setting it down nice and neat, I can't tell you what that was even after I've witnessed it. It's not until we actually yeah. have a demonstration of evidence that, that identifies the cause and, you know, you can't just... Yeah. You can't just go leaping. No, it's just kind of like an earthly phenomenon. Is what you guys yeah, all we would be able to say at that point was that a highly unusual phenomenon just occurred. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and then and then at that point, I'm like, I want to know more. I and will plus, learn. Yeah. even if that happened, and even if people considered that to be uh, a valid, you know, 
confirmation of God. What the hell kind of God is that? That you know <laughs> that what that, that, uh, that offers you know, that, that would offer some sort of well half-assed uh, confirmation of its existence that people who don't understand skepticism and science would say, oh yeah, that was God. Uh, and is he, is he only after converting the gullible? I, you know, that, that's a tough one. I really, I believe that uh, when it comes to a person's relationship with God, a lot of people now base it around what church they go to, how big it is, and how much they give, and what they got on deck. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, a true uh, person that develops a relationship, and I'm only speaking from my end of view, uh, develops a relationship with uh, a creator and his son, that you believe in, you basically, you learn about what their personality is. The only personality I got to go on is the Bible. So if I believe it's real, you know, in my little pea brain, I like Snow White too, you know, but I don't believe that's real. So, but I read that, you know, and I get a sense of some sort of reality to it. And and I actually like this type of a God, if there, if there are multiple gods. This is you, the kind of one like, that I like. You, you know like what I mean? God, it's true. Which God yeah. do you, is it that you like? The one that the Bible represents? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lo- I, so you I, like I a love God the, that, uh, the so Jesus uh, Christ. I love the uh, uh, Yahweh, Jehovah God. So, I love those, so basically those you like a God that endorses slavery and that punishes people with original sin? And well, uh, what I look at is that I'm, I, when I read the story, I go a lot more into the thought process than uh, the endorsement of slavery. I want to know why. Like you guys want to know yeah, why. Yeah, I'd like to know why. Why would a God? Happen. Why would a God endorse slavery? I mean, if you want to know why, what's the why behind that? Is there any well, circumstances? I, is there any circumstances that could ever make slavery a moral command? Well, you know, it, again, it comes down to this whole storyline. It's like trying to uh, explain Moby Dick. And uh, saying, oh, that whale was a real jerk, you know, uh, look what he did to his leg, you know what I mean? When you really don't so, know so you're what's going to, happening, you're going to, you know what I mean? You're going to duck, you're going to duck the no, justification for slavery no, by... No, by no. I think what he's doing is, is, is what I think a great many believers do, which is that, you know, you, you sort of form God into, you know, the God that you like. And then you stick with that, and the and the the bits in the Bible that person, I, I kind of acknowledge the bits in the Bible uh, that are unsavory and that are morally dubious, to put it politely. Are, yeah, so you yeah, just say, I yeah. the, the, those bits don't really matter to you a whole lot. It's the it's the it's what you've gotten out of it and what you've sort of turned God into for your right. own purposes. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Well, we know that believers do that. Believers yeah, make yeah. God in their own image, and it's not an unusual phenomenon. Well, it's not so much as in the own image. It's more, you know, you get a you get a lesson from you know how you're you you think you should be acting, right. and if it's heartfelt, mm-hmm. you know, you can act that way. In other words, if you feel good about stabbing someone in the head with a fork, it's heartfelt, so you're going to do it. But if you feel good about, you know, hey, look at that. Uh, Look at that uh, person who doesn't have a, a, a bit of food. Hey, I say, hey, go with Jesus, but uh, I don't give him anything to eat or I don't give him any money to get something. So, and, again, when you see the, the actions of these, this God, let's say this specific God called Jesus Christ, when you see the specific actions of his and what he did in the book, if you believe it, again, I'm not saying because I, I'm, I, I'm a Christian, I, I believe it. So I say, okay, well... 
I like the example this guy's setting. I and, really and don't that's like the what example I don't get. that but I you, see. But you, know, but you notice that what, what, there are a great many believers out there, very devout Christians who consider themselves to be people who do believe that sort of thing, and yet they have political views that tell them, well, you know, we shouldn't have welfare for the poor. We shouldn't provide health care. No, 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 who offers up the, the types of things that are in, for example, the Sermon on the Mount, that encourage victimhood, that tell you to take no thought for the morrow. The, these are utterly irresponsible statements who endorse the Old Testament teachings as somebody who basically comes forward and, and says, look, you are all terrible, wretched people from birth, and you need to believe in me, otherwise you will suffer the consequences. That is not a character that I would consider moral or good. Well, in your eyes, but I endorse. No, no, what no, he no, endorses, no, 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 not so. my I eyes. I endorse what he endorses, so it's it's normal for me to. to you think, you uh, endorse I that. I know his Old Testament. I you know what you endorse. Okay, then stop yeah, ducking absolutely. the slavery thing. If you're going to endorse what he says, then you're okay with people being born with the penalty of the sins of their ancestors and being destined for hell. You're okay with that? You think that's moral? It's not my position to, to say it's moral. Of course it is. It's exactly yeah, I, your position to say it's no, moral. I mean, why can't you, you say that? He keeps why? saying the slavery thing. Didn't he take the uh, Jews out of slavery? If I save I my cousin from slavery, but in, if I simultaneously endorse slavery, that doesn't do anything to yeah. alleviate the, that position. Saving okay. your favorite people mm-hmm. from slavery... Is, so, not, is not a testament against slavery when you also specifically say who you can endure, who you can slave, enslave, how much you have to pay for them, the fact that you can beat them as long as they don't die within a couple of days. I mean, I, I just... Yeah, well, that is, that's, uh, that was back the Old Testament stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, and, you know, and a lot of that went out the window, though. You've got to understand. So your God stuff. got better? He well, used no, to be he, a dick, he just, but then he, he got better. He, don't, he doesn't take offerings anymore. He doesn't take the sacrifices Well, why was anymore. it necessary to do it in the first place then? I mean, why, why couldn't he, we've had the, you know, it's, if it's the same God well, that's like and the same you set know of rules, he could have Yes, I do. Thing, you know? I do. You do, I know, okay. Yeah. And I so do. do you, John. So do you. <laughs> you know... You know slavery is wrong, and nobody had to tell you otherwise. Yeah, slavery is the minimalist thing. Let's talk about uh, cutting people's heads off and putting them on poles and shoving their shoving yeah. their uh, stakes up their ass. You knew that that's, was wrong that's a too. Worse than slavery. That's what that's what used to happen to the people who get, went against him. So, in other words, with with the understanding of why these things happen, then you understand why it had to happen so i mean no, like I again I, reading as a novel is a little different than just you know cherry picking slavery there's a lot worse things man they were eating babies come on give me a break read the book I, they're eating babies <laughs> you know I, i've read did. the book which is why i'm baffled that you could endorse it mr ex-minister well i you know like i said I the, like, point, the point i, that like I was the trying to make earlier john jesus. i like the love what about thing. the personality of jesus do you like because if you're just going to cherry pick this thing about I, sell your I belongings know. i mean what, the, what do i like about him i like that he uh, he he uh, cares about the other guy 
more than himself. I think that's a very good virtue. That's the guy throwing himself on a hand grenade for his buddies in war. You and, know, and what, what does that have to do? Important. What does that have to do with whether or not God is real or any of the supernatural claims I, are real? We could go back to that. You're right. And if it and, isn't real, and the that's fact right. that somebody says a good thing is not an right. entire summation of their character. Have you looked at the rest of the things that are in there? I, I, I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff, and like I said, there's slavery. and No, I'm just talking about just go with Jesus. Just go with like an Jesus. Arnold Schwarzenegger mover, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sorry that you don't take your religious beliefs seriously. I did. I which do. Is, I, I, do. I, I do. No, no you don't. No, no, no. You're no, something. you don't. I did, and that's why I don't hold them anymore. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, you're just... I actually cared about these things. You just want to chuckle. And ru- well, sh- wanna, shuffle it I, off I as a novel, I don't wanna, and I don't you pick get out the things. With you over then why, why did you I'm, call? I just want to answer. You know why I believe I liked him. You asked me the question, what did I think about him? I said I liked his personality. I think he's a good role model for for the youth of today. You know what I mean? I think he's good people. I don't know what more. So I can you say think about it's a that. good role model to tell people that they are born bad? And that they have to do something to make up for the sins of their ancestors, right? You think that's a good role that model? Doesn't, if that, that sits fine with me. If okay. it doesn't sit uh, fine no. with you, man, I understand that. But it, that sits fine with me. I mean, my whole ancestors were genocide. What do I care? Well, you know? it's not your fault that your ancestors did those things. I, you should I, not I, be paying the penalty. I understand that. What? I understand. But you should, yeah, you shouldn't you, be paying you, the penalty you, for that. This whole under the seventh generation. If your right. dad, if your dad was a murderer, should you be sentenced to prison for that? Well, I don't think you should. Then you, how can you, how can you simultaneously say that you support this idea that people are born with the weight of the sins of the people before them? And that that's okay with you. You know, and again, if I, I tell you that it goes back to Cain and Abel. Uh, the first uh, uh, murder was Cain. That whole bloodline went bad. That's why the Canaanites needed to be wiped out. All this stuff. I yeah, mean, yeah. I don't want to get into all that John? stuff. John? Because it's stuff that's, you, it's like talking like the guy before me with the hard drive and the numbers. It's ridiculous. And, 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 no, and, no. And what's, you don't understand no, it, it's ridiculous. John, you know? John what's ridiculous is somebody <laughs> attempting to take something that is clearly inhumane and immoral and spin it away as if it, oh, that's just not really that important. It is important. You base, you base you just, that decision around your own understanding. No, I don't. Around the understanding. Of no, people. I don't. Well, and, even if, and even if you did, what would make what would make that a faulty process? You know, well, my own understanding tells me that slavery is wrong. My own understanding tells me that uh, sacking a city and uh, you know taking thirty six thousand virgin women to be your rape prize would, is wrong. My own understanding tells me that a great many things that the Bible advocates as moral behaviors are wrong. And so why, why would that alone, just because it's my own understanding, make it an invalid uh, you know, way to uh Oh, I never said it stuff. was invalid. No, no, no. I, those are your words. No, I no, you, you, you were critiquing I, Matt's point of view based on the basis well, that it was just his know, understanding. That is an assertion that it's invalid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll okay. tell you what. It was very interesting talking to you oh, guys. I'm sure it was. You seem to be very nice, and uh, I appreciate the, uh, the information and the understanding. And... Uh, Good luck with the show, man. I wish you all luck, okay? Thanks, John. Take care, John. See you later. Bye-bye. Yeah, take it back. You're not more moral than your God. No. Corey in Schenectady, how are you? Thank you for waiting. Hi, Matt. How are you? Oh, I'm all right. 
All right, here's my question. How do you know the resurrection of Jesus Christ did not happen? I don't. So you're basing your whole beliefs on reasonable doubt? Um, well, first of all, my whole beliefs aren't necessarily tied to the claim of the resurrection, but uh, the burden of proof is on those who would claim that this actually did happen, just as it is for the existence of Jesus and all the other miracle claims. Um, so, yeah, if you want to look at it as reasonable doubt, absolutely. I think that that's justified. I think there's, there's actually... Uh, not just reasonable doubt, but really good reason to think that it didn't happen, that this extraordinary supernatural event that, uh, you know, we have no evidence for, uh, it's probably more likely, it's more reasonable that it's not true and that it's a story than that it is true. But it is possible. I don't know. How, how could you demonstrate that it is possible? Yeah. I mean, we don't see, we don't see any reason currently with the understanding of science to think that it's possible for this sort of resurrection what event. Science have to hang, hang on, hang on. Okay. We don't, we don't see any reason based on our current understanding of science to, th to see that a resurrection story like this is possible. But the Bible doesn't care about what we know about science and this, the, the story doesn't matter because this isn't an appeal to science, it's an appeal to magic. And we definitely don't see any reason to think that magic actually happens. And you would have to demonstrate that there's some well, possible... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a difference between magic and miraculous. I mean, if... No, there's I mean, not. What, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. What's the difference? If David Copperfield... I don't think David Copperfield could come back from the dead. I'm not talking about prestidigitation. I'm talking about magic in the classic sense. Something magical, something supernatural. I, I've been an amateur, quote-unquote, magician my entire life, but I don't do magic. It's leisure domain. It's prestidigitation. Yeah. Wait, you've been a magician your whole life and you don't do magic? Yes. You're, 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 do you, you understand that sometimes words have more than one use? Yeah, where you're mistaking stage magic for, like, Harry Potter-style magic, which yes. is what we're talking about. Like, if someone, act, if, if it were possible to do that kind of thing where through incantation yes, or spell the, 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 the nature of reality was altered by your own will, you know, if you could, uh, say, you know, expelliarmus and do stuff in that way, and it wasn't illusion. I, yes, I'm talking about Harry yeah. Potter magic, so it's irrelevant to bring up Copperfield. Yeah. But, you know, the, in, in terms of the whole resurrection question, because, you know, my first thing would be, all right, you know, I have two problems with this. First off, well, the, there are well, four... Hold on, hold on, hold no, on. I, I, I was, Can I uh, let Martin finish? Yeah, you have... First off, you have, you have four conflicting... Not for long. You have four conflicting accounts, first off, in the four different Gospels as to how the re resurrection supposedly went down. So the Holy Book itself isn't really getting the story straight. Second, I have to consider, is this simply an exercise in mythologizing this figure... You know, this, or is it more reasonable to assume that at this particular point in history, one human body behaved in a way that no human body had ever behaved before and none had ever had since, did? which is dying, like physically dying, and then actually returning to life after a three-day period? If it did, that would be neat. Yeah. Now, prove that it actually happened, because until well, somebody well, does, on, on. until somebody does, there's no reason to think it did. Well, either it did or it didn't. Correct. Right. That, does that mean guys. does and that mean that it's a 50-50 shot? Does it? I just asked you. I mean, I know we're into Socratic it's method here, but it's your question. No, it does not mean that it, there's a 50-50 shot. See, okay. and, and, and another factor to take into account is that these were ancient times, and magical stories were told all the time, and people believed I get that. them, right? I get that. Yeah, you I know, so, that. 
Uh, Roman uh, legionnaires would hear stories about uh, divine events uh, involving their generals. Uh, you know, an eagle would swoop around the general's horse three times uh, in a circle, I, 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 and that I, would be a sign that they I, were going to win the. They, they, they believe that stuff. So why stuff would uh, why would so why would it be a surprise that here you have supposedly another popular figure, a rabbi in Judea, doing all this stuff, and he gets a, a bunch of followers together, and miracle stories are suddenly uh, told about him? Why is that? Why that's not unusual? That's not out of keeping with how people thought back in the in ancient times. Go so there's so many more people think like that now. Pragmatic. You know, possibilities to consider, you know, other than actual magic occurred. Okay. So it's right. it's just a matter of not having enough evidence to believe that it's anything other than a legend. Like so many other legends from that time. <clears throat> all right. Do you believe it? I believe it with all my heart. Why? Why not? <laughs> see, th- see? There, there's the difference. You see, we, some of us care about evidence and reality. And well, some others... Hold on, hold on. There's, there's evidence. I mean, there, what evidence? Well, I, William Lane Craig, he's one of the leading apologists on the historical evidence. Yeah, was he around for the resurrection? Because I don't think so. Well, of course yeah. not. Okay. Yes. But, but like I said, either it happened or it didn't. Correct. Correct. And I'm putting my chips on it did. And, and, and why? Listen. What rational reason do you have to make that bet? Because the, the, the apostles of Jesus Christ went from cowards to heroes. They died for their... How do you know that? They, because it says it in the Gospels. How do you know that's true? How do you know it isn't? I, I'm just saying, you're, you're making your bets on stuff, and then when you point to your reasons why, you don't seem to have any good reason to think that those are true either. Yeah. I mean, how do we know that Zeus didn't come down to Earth and impregnate a human woman and give birth no, to Heracles? No, that's just... See? I mean, well, it, there's no real <laughs> fundamental difference in the that's two what? things. That's what? This is where we have to part ways, guys. It was, it's really yes, so we have to part and... ways when it comes to who's going to actually base their views on reason and evidence and who's going to say why not. Well, why can't we coexist? Atheist we can person. coexist. Well, what, have, do you think that I'm out to kill you? <laughs> no, no, of course not. See, we can coexist, but we can coexist. But that doesn't mean that our opinions are on equal footing. And it doesn't mean that we have to be silent about things that we disagree with. And the position of the religion that you've adopted is one that is not demonstrated to be true. It is unreasonable. It is immoral. And I don't think that it should be able to speak so freely without being opposed. No, no, this isn't just an opinion, by the way. Um, What is it? What it is is a rational application of skepticism to the available evidence and and this is no it's not just an opinion but i have one that i'm going to share with you if you say it's just my opinion one more time (laughs) well you want to be rude is that your is that your goal to be rude with me do you not understand okay outside of your religious beliefs is there anything else that is this wildly outside the realm of normal that you believe just because of why not? Could you rephrase the question? Sure. Do you believe uh, that the Loch Ness Monster flies around at night dropping off toys to kids? How is that relevant? Uh, do you believe it? How is it relevant? What he's trying to do is Answer, ask... Why would sorry. That is an absurd claim for which there is no good evidence. That's, That's how it's relevant. That's an absurd question. That's an absurd question. Yes. No. Yet you believe that there's an ancient Jewish rabbi zombie. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
Couldn't take the heat. The point he was trying to get at, if you're still watching and haven't flounced altogether, is that you are selectively allowing yourself to believe irrational things as long as they are in the context of the religion you were brought up in. But then once once I mention Zeus and Heracles, or once he mentions the Flying Loch Ness Monster, it's absurd. But that's the whole case. It is absurd. Even when it's within your religion, it's absurd. It's called special pleading, and it's a fallacy, yeah. and that's not a matter of opinion. Yeah. Sorry. So, as he's trying to point out, you allow a, an utter lack of skepticism and rational thought as long as it has to do with your religion. Outside of that, so Sam Harris talked about this yeah. in his book. Yeah. It's one of the reasons why I stand in opposition to religion, because yeah. it encourages a mindset that yeah. destroys the ability... To, to distinguish fact from fiction. Yeah, it's like this. Mark in Washington, D.C., thanks for waiting. Yes. How You're are on. you? You're live. This is Matt from Oslo. <laughs> is that all? No. Oh, well. Stay on because we're tracing the call, and I just wanted you to make sure that you get all your little crap out so that we Oh, can... shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, shit's about to go down. Yeah. Anything else? Get me there. Anything else? Yeah. Did you trace my... <laughs> oh, bored. John in Jackson, Mississippi, how are you? Hi there, I'm doing good, thank you. <clears throat> Thanks for waiting, what do you got? Yeah. Uh, my question's a little bit different for you. I have a question related to blindness and deafness living mm-hmm. in the atheist lifestyle. Um, Wait, blindness and deafness in the atheist right. lifestyle? Right. I don't know what that means. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> I'll explain it better. Okay. Um, well, my, I'm going to start with my question. My question is, uh, I heard you guys speaking earlier today and about, or it was on the YouTube video about how you need demonstrable evidence for things for you to believe in. Sure. And, um, for example, when you lose enough vision or hearing, your brain doesn't allow you to just not see or hear it fills in the gap. So you will actually see colors and hear things that aren't there. And I'm at, my question was, how do you demonstrate something like that? And if you can't, does that mean that it's not really happening, that, it, that I would be just delusional? What do, you, what do you mean, how do you demonstrate that? I mean, you just made a claim that we know because we've demonstrated and have been able to test it. It's the same, same way we can demonstrate colorblindness. Right. Yeah. So... Well... But what I mean is the areas that I know that I cannot see, I will see someone walking across that area. Well, I mean, there's, you know, neurological, I think, explanations for a lot of what you're asking us about. Um, well, I, I, I just think you would need to be more specific. I, yeah. Here's, here's, here, here's a, a, a distinction that's important also. Um, you may have heard the phrase, uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Okay. So... Um, if you're talking about some sort of like medical event or, 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 or something similar to that, uh, something to do with the human body doing interesting things, like you say a person loses one sense and then their, you know, their brains compensate in other ways. You know, uh, maybe a person who loses his sight you know, has more acute hearing or vice versa or something like that. But those are things, all right, we, you know, we have, you know, there, there are entire fields of science dedicated to the study of that kind of thing. But, you know, yes, it, it, depending upon the nature of the claim, you the rational you would uh, you know the rational thinker would ask for either more or less evidence depending upon how unusual the claim is how much it doesn't seem to comport with what we know about reality so okay so if you were to tell me something like i had lunch yesterday with my buddy john right 
I'm not going to ask for mountains of evidence and peer-reviewed papers to prove that you did that. I mean, that's some people have lunch with their friends. What's the big deal? But if, on the other hand, someone were to say to me, yeah, well, yesterday uh, my buddy and John and I were picked up by a UFO and we parked in low Earth orbit and had the lunch there with a beautiful view of you know the sun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then we went to Mars and you know shopped and then came home. You know, that's different. <laughs> That's, that's where the extraordinary claims, extraordinary evidence would come in. I'd be a little less likely to just take his word on that. So it all depends. Although I'm not, so, sure, that, I'm not sure that we're getting to what he's talking about. Uh, well, that's fine. The, the atheism-related question I had was I get a lot of Christians that will um, tell me that God made me that way for his own reasons, and I'm trying to uh, figure out how to respond to a trivialized question, you know, the trivializing my, I guess, disability for... Their own God. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I read the question yeah, differently. Um, yeah, I definitely don't think. I definitely don't agree with them. Um, I, I don't. I, I think it's. It may even be a mistake to try to look into it to find some uh, purpose. These things just happen. You know, this is the, this is the nature of reality that people are born differently and that. Uh, organs and senses fail at different rates and that accidents happen and all this other stuff. When you try to find some some broader external purpose that's being imposed on the situation, I, I think you've already made a mistake because there's no reason to think that that's likely. And spending that time looking for one can lead you to find supposed purposes that aren't actually real and true, but they feel like they fit the situation and that can lead to believing all sorts of things that aren't accurate. And then, you know, some, sometimes people say that sort of thing, too, as just kind of, an, you know, for the emotional comfort of so, so how does an atheist go about adjusting to that kind of a lifestyle when, when they don't have the religious comfort and, you know, the things like that that other people might have? Um, well, we can't. There's, there's no real, like, one atheist way of doing things, and yeah. I think you probably have to... Um, you know, talk to someone who has that sort of situation in their lives to uh, to, to to ask how they dealt with it. I, as a general rule, um, you know, atheists tend to be pragmatists, so they might just look at the situation and say, "Well, I, I have a disability or what have you, and I just need to do what it takes to treat it, and then live my life as being a person with this kind of affliction." Yeah, it's... and then they, they they take a practical result. But they, you know, I, I I don't think a lot of them would think that it was healthy to say, you know. I was made this way for a purpose and by some divine entity. I don't yeah, I mean, I think the closest that I can come is that um, I'm diabetic um, and have other health issues, but I don't look at my health issues as, um, I mean, it's just a matter of fact. This is, this is the way it is. Now what am I, what am I going to do about it? And to, in, to the extent that I can do some things about some of it, um, I am. And the ones that I can't do anything about, I realize that if I, every second that I spend trying to do something or trying to figure out a way to do something for something that I can't do anything about, that's one more second that I didn't get to spend doing something worthwhile and making my life uh, joyful and, and worth living. Okay. I mean, I get what you're saying. I've, I've tried meeting other people in the area that have the similar stuff, and they all, I always ask them, how do you do it? And they all say... If it wasn't for Jesus, I couldn't do it. Yeah, it, it, it just makes me sad. It's the yeah. same thing. Because their church the fills about, them about death. We hear the same thing about the fear of death, and that is that you know, oh, I I would be terrified of dying and stuff if it weren't for the fact that I knew I was going to go on to live forever in glory with my precious Savior. Um, that's just. Uh, 
first of all, I think it's a terrible position to be in. Um, but it's it's an abdication of personal responsibility. It is uh, it sacrifices everything that we know about what it means to be human. It sets up these uh, you know in the case of the afterlife thing, it sets up a model in your head that isn't consistent with what we know about reality and encourages people to not live their life to the best of their ability. I think I could, you could probably see the same thing with you know actual disabilities that are you know mm-hmm. persistent rather than just dying. Well, it's, it's a kind of indoctrination that essentially tells people to root their sense of happiness and self-worth in the religious belief, and, rather than for, just facing up to the reality of their lives and deciding, you know, I, I have worth all by myself as who I am, and, uh, you know, I have a life to live and I will live it. I, I have these um, things in my way that, uh, you know, I have these disadvantages, but I'm not going to, but I'm going to acknowledge them and not let them conquer me. Um, if, if instead you program someone to think, well, you know, God made me this way for, and, and I couldn't get through it without Jesus, then to me, yeah, that's 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 just giving them a crutch, which uh, I don't think is healthy. And I had a Christian one time, you know, sort of concede that point. They're like, well, yeah, okay, well, if religion's a crutch, still, if your leg's broken, don't you use a crutch? And it's like, yes, but the whole idea is that eventually your, your leg gets better and you don't need the crutch anymore. Yeah. And, um, in fact, it's not good to just be on the, You don't break your leg and think, I'll just use this for the rest of my life. Because it makes like, no, that's not what it's for. So. All right. Well, I appreciate you guys taking my calls. I know you got other crazy cats that's going to be calling from <laughs> you later. We, Thanks, John. We appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, man. Will in Hotlanta, how are you? Um, hey, I'm really good. Cool. Thanks for um, waiting. How are you? I'm all right. um, I just wanted to make a point here. Oh, first, I want to give a shout-out. I'm a relatively new atheist. I just want to give a shout-out to my friend Adam next to him. Okay, um, anyway, in 1 Corinthians 7, um, 8 through 9, it says, Now to the unmarried and to the widows, I say, it is good for them to be unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion, um, NIV. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, I was just thinking, isn't that basically Paul um, endorsing that it's okay to give in to temptation if if, no. it's, if you're too strong about it? Is it saying, for it's better to marry than no, no, for no, it with no, passion? No, 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 no. There's, there's two temptations here. The, the, the tempt- Oh, wow. <laughs> Welcome to Sunday school. There's two temptations here that Paul is talking about. And the first is the temptation of the flesh to lead you to sin. And his encouragement that if you cannot resist this, then you should marry is not an encouragement to not resist temptation because you are no longer being tempted to sin. You have been engaged in holy matrimony. And now your fleshly desires are no longer sin before because they are made righteous in Christ. Hallelujah. Isn't, isn't the, <laughs> um, as I've been told, anything... No, sin isn't just something that the Bible says that, that doesn't glorify God. Sin is something, supposedly, in anything that does not bring glory to God. So, but if, if having a spouse will distract you from God, then wouldn't that be a sin in itself? Because no. Well, yes, yes. From God? yes. If, if having a spouse would distract you from your duties to God, then yes. But if it would distract you less then not the situation of not having a spouse would distract you, um, then it's better to do that, which is why Paul says it's better to do that. It's like okay. saying, it's like saying um, 
hey, I really need you to focus on uh, training for the big basketball game, and I really would like you to abstain from having sex with your significant <laughs> other because that is a distraction. Um, but if you just can't avoid it, could you try to maybe only have, like, oral <laughs> sex once a day instead of these other things because that's less impactful? Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, but I think, you know, your question that we have on those, well, why do Christians have such a high regard for marriage? Yeah. When Paul at best gives a very half-hearted endorsement of marriage, uh, as, it's funny, yes, I think that that just comes right back to good old Christian cherry-picking of the Bible that we were talking about earlier, right? Not, they, not, they have to, not, only, not only is he saying that it's not, it's not, if you can refrain from marriage, <laughs> then you're better off. Yeah, but if, if you just if, have if to if do we were, it. If we were all, if we were all... If we were all free from sin, as the Bible claims we would be, then why would we still be restricted? Oh, you're not free because, from sin. Yeah. I know, that's what I'm saying. But the Bible says that Jesus died to free us from sin. Uh, yeah. No, 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 no. That, that just makes you blameless. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, so hey, Will, yeah. Will, you Will, can sin, can, but it's okay. Will, okay. Yeah. Will, can you hang on a second? Yes. I'm going to put Will on hold. Hey, Josh? Uh, hello. Yeah, bye. But we just want to let Matt from uh, you know know that we're on to him. Thanks for waiting, Will. No problem. All right. So um, yeah. So this thing about marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm a little baffled about the marriage sanctity stuff as well. I actually, um, for a wedding one time, did kind of a history of mm-hmm. marriage and the fact that marriage as we see it now is a relatively modern invention. Mm-hmm. Um, and Paul was, as you note, generally down on marriage. It was, well, if you really can't help but give in to your base desires, I guess you can go ahead and get married. But those of, those of you who can both avoid the temptations and marriage, you guys are doing more for God, yeah. and your mansions will be you know, much bigger when you get there. Okay. But, you know, Christianity has a problematic relationship with human sexuality at best, I would say. Yeah, I'd say. But hey, they're putting the credits issues. up. Well, we got to let you go. Thanks so much. All right, cool. All right, thanks for taking my call. Yes, sure. definitely. All right. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, uh, for those of you in the Austin area, there's some people who are going to be going to Threadgills on Riverside. Yes. You don't have to join them. I'm not encouraging you to join them in any way. But if you happen to show up at Threadgills, that might be okay, too. <laughs> so long. <laughs>